0: One point nine high FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashis B'alak Tov, Shin Beis. And a very, very warm welcome to our entire radio family. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your time on Friday afternoon to tune into your radio, tune into your device, wherever you might be, whatever you might be tuning in onto. We are so appreciative and we are so, so grateful that you decided to make FM and this program in particular part of your listening schedule. <clears throat> and it's my honor and privileged to be able to host the show and spend a bit of time with you. But let's not waste time on niceties. Let's get right into what we're here for, and that is to talk Torah. So this week we're learning about Pashas Balak, which we know is the story of of, uh, Balak who was scared that the Jews might take over his country, even though, of course, the Jews had no intention at all of taking over his country. And therefore he hires this man called Bilam, who's a soothsayer, of whatever he curses or blesses, that comes to be, and he invites him to come and curse the Jews. And there's a whole discussion, and finally Bilam says to Balak, <laughs> "Am I empowered to say anything?" whatever words I could have spoke puts into my mouth, that's what I'm going to say. Now, the reality is Bilam is actually a lesson in very, very stark contrasts. On the one hand, he personifies absolute evil and depravity at, at, at their, I don't know, I say at their highest or at their lowest point. He's arrogant, he's condescending, he is a uh, 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 voracious, and he's uh, literally, he's only after prophets, right? He was the consummate symbol of unmitigated evil. Yet, this same person spoke to Hashem and was able to maintain a dialogue on subjects that were of the loftiest, right, the most esoterical and spiritual nature. How do these two polar opposites exist in one person? So Aveliezer Levi Turk Shlita quotes from Harav Hanlech Kletzky Zatzal, who was a student of the Raden Yeshiva, who in his old age made his, uh, 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 he lived in, in Lakewood. And he related that there was a man in Raden, who was strange. He did things his way, regardless of how others perceived him. Additionally, he thrived on garnering attention for himself. As a result, he taught his dog to understand Yiddish. Even those Yidn who felt the need to raise a dog conversed with it in Polish. Never Yiddish. But, as we said before, this man was not your run-of-the-mill ordinary member of the community. That the children of the community would follow the dog, attempting to get its attention. They pulled on his tail, his ears. After all, a dog that understands Yiddish was a novelty for them, and thus an opportunity for some good fun. Even a dog loses its patience, and one day, after numerous uh, assaults, right, by these fun-loving children, the intelligent dog lost it and bit one of the young boys. They were shocked. How could such a refined dog act so viciously? He was acting like a dog, Rav right? Khan explains, a dog remains a dog, regardless of its ability to speak Yiddish. The same idea applies to serving Hashem, right? Continued Rav what one who is deficient in his midas, in his character traits, leaves much to be desired, does not change, the world changes, People don't change. Doesn't change until he literally gets rid of all those deficiencies and cleanses himself of all of his ethical and moral impurities. He will remain the same low life as before, despite his exposure to to ruchnis. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb only on 101.9 High FM point nine hi FM. this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Balak Pei Beis. Thank you for making the effort to come and join us and spend some time as we get ready for another beautiful, beautiful Shabbos Kodesh. Of course, we know that this is the week, Shabbos before the beginning of the three-week morning periods, which we will focus on, but let's talk about our Pasch. This is a very, very interesting and difficult pasha because the main character is this man called bilam who we know is the epitome of of a, of, a, of a russia and on a certain level is almost forced by akadosh baruchu to not do what he wants not to curse the jewish nation but in fact to to bless them so let's perhaps explore a little bit this whole concept. Is there such a idea that a person can have his free choice taken away from him, and in what situation? And and how does it all how does it all hang together? Because we understand that free choice is is the credo on which the human existence is based. I can choose to do whatever I want to do. So we know that. One of the grandsons of Rashi was Rabbi Yaakov, who, of course, is known uh, by his more couple name, Rabbeinu Tam, Yaakov Ishtam. He was called Rabbeinu Tam. He's one of the major, major Balai quoted in, in, in Teisus. Now, why do you get that name? Where do you get that name Rabbeinu Tam from? So it's actually brought... The the uh, Marid has a commentary on on the Torah's Kainim. Marid was the uh, the Avbezdin of of the uh, of the town of of uh, Vinchgrad. and he brings there the Torah's the Kainim says on a posok in the in the terrible curses in the uh, in where it says there the Sam Lorik You'll invest your strength, but it'll be for nothing. And the kind of says another explanation of how this passage can be understood. There, this is referring to where a man marries off his daughter, the nice and and he gives her a huge nada gives her a lot of a lot of money. And they only not even never manage to finish the week of Shabrachus until. His daughter, his daughter dies. So, what's happened? He's never. He's buried his daughter, and the money, of course, goes to her husband. So he's lost his his uh, his money. And on that, the ridd writes that it was revealed to me in a dream in the in the year Tov rash Yud. Dalit, which is 168 years ago in the month of Eur, that therefore, that's why this Rabbi Yaakov, the grandson of Rashi, got the name Rabbeinu Tam on account of the fact that he he was the one that instituted this concept of, of giving in a, en adunya, a and it's brought actually in in tosivis, in in daf Memzayin Am um, um, and he therefore uh, 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 cancelled out this terrible terrible curse of the Sam Lurik of uh, of uh, you know, making an effort and getting nothing at all. In other words, Rabbeinu Tam instituted that. In a situation where a, a wife dies that the promised money or whatever or whatever goods or, or furniture whatever it is that her father had uh, given to the young to the young couple if God forbid the wife dies all that goes back to her father and therefore it's not. It, it, it erases that double curse that a father should have to suffer both that he loses his daughter and also that he loses all of his all of his uh, 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 property. And therefore, he's called Rabbeinu Rabbeinu Tam. Fascinating. In a similar vein, uh, Rabbi Ibashitz explains in his uh, Sefer medrash yonason he explains the pasuk in our pasha where it says there by moya that moya was very very frightened because of klay ki ravu because on pasha means they were so numerous and again the question is why were they worried Uh, you know once they knew and they knew this, that Cliassar had an open, explicit command that they weren't allowed to go to war against, against Mayav. So why, in fact, was Balak so, so afraid? See, so he brings a Gemara in, in Gitten, that it says, Amain umayav tiaru besikhain. Amain umayav were, so to speak, purified by Sikhain. In other words, even though that it was also for Klai to capture the land of Ma'ev, but since, as, as the Torah told us last week, since Sichain went to war against Ammon and Ma'ev and captured their territory, so now it no longer belonged to Ammon and Ma'ev, now it would be permissible for the Jewish nation to take it away from, from Sichain. Now, there's, there's a machlekas in the Gemara, in, in Sukkah and in Babu Kama, that Rav is of the opinion that land can be stolen, and Shmuel says, no, land can never be stolen. So therefore, it comes out that only according to the opinion of Rav, who says that land can be stolen, would Klai be allowed to take the land of Mayav, which was now in the hands of Sichat? He says that's what it means. Why were they frightened, Because the halacha is like Rav that karka can be stolen. Therefore, the land no longer belonged to Amunimayim, and therefore that's why uh, Mo'ay felt no longer safe and felt in danger, and they needed to 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 curse Klaisa. And uh, the the. Uh, the uh, Rame Pano also brings brings down that there's a pasuk at the very very end of the prophecies of Bilaam where he says "I mi who can live unless HaKadosh Baruch who wills it so so he brings down that Bilam was very very upset when he saw that even Kairach who was the most evil of of the Jews, would find the rectification, would get a tikkun. Why? Because we know that from him came Shmuel. But when he looked at himself, he saw that there would be absolutely no way of him ever getting, getting a tikkun. And that's why he was so, so upset. So we see Ay yichye mishumai is Shmuel. That Shmuel is mentioned in these in these two in these two words. So now we've uh, we've brought this as introduction. Let's let's go a bit further. and We'll put it all all together, and we can also perhaps explain that which Bilam says. Ay mi yichye mishmuel. Ay ay. It's so t- it's, I, I'm so upset that Shmuel is going to get a tikkun, which which seems to imply that he was even upset not only according to the opinion of Rav, but he was upset about the opinion of of Shmuel, and and that needs to be explained. So let's let's explain it as as follows. We know that in in the Sefer Asar Morasen, anyone. Who is uh who studied that will know that the main ch- part of tshuva for any hate for any sin that a person does is of course the vidri and he brings there the reason that why vidri helps so much is because we have alaka that let's say a person does a a sin for which the halacha states that Bezdin has the right to impose a knas a fine on him so we have halacha if that person comes to Besden and actually admits his liability he is exempt from paying that fine so too if a person gets up and declares, these are the sins that I've done, he's done, and he says a confession, that then exempts him from having to pay and be punished for those sins. We're going to come back and develop this further in a moment. This is 101.9 This is Hilchot Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. One, one nine, and this is soul to soul. Back on your radio air, Shabbos, Pashas, We are dealing with the concept of machlekes between Rav and Shmuel. We said that there's a concept that if a person says vidui, if a person admits his sins, so that is the that is the most beneficial part of the the uh, tshuva process, because when a person Uh, admits his own sins so we said he is actually admitting in front of so to speak Bezdin what he's done and there's a halacha in in, uh, Bezdin that if someone by his own volition admits that he's done something wrong so even if it's a crime where Bezdin has the the right to administer a a fine for what he's done he's exempt for that by by his own own, uh, admission now, this is very interesting because this is actually an argument between Rav and, and Shmuel. Because according to Shmuel, the, the fact that one admits by himself doesn't necessarily work. Why? Because the forum tell us that there are malachim who are spying and are looking and watching everything that goes on in the world. It says, HaKadosh Baruch so to speak, eyes and ears are watching us all the time. And they're Malachim who are, so to speak, spying on us and seeing everything they do. And then when Bezdin in Shamayim wants to judge a person, so all these angels come and they testify about the things we've done. And unfortunately, some of the things you may have done may not be such exemplary actions. And the Gemara tells us that in a situation where a person even admits his own crime and then witnesses come to Bezdin and testify against him, so then does his own admission help? to exempt him from the punishment. So this is an argument. Rav says, yes, once he's admitted, even if witnesses come afterwards to prosecute him, he's still exempt from the payment. Shmuel says, no, that the, uh, yes, he may have admitted, but now that witnesses come, he, he's now going to have to pay. So it comes out that the concept of, vidoy, of confessing your own sins only works according to the opinion of Rav. Because according to Rav, once you've admitted your sins, then you're considered like a, a newly born child, you have no longer any association with those sins, and even if witnesses do come afterwards and testify against you, it doesn't, it doesn't help. But according to Shmuel, who says that if you first admit your liability and then witnesses come and and charge you. Shmuel says you are you are liable for that. So therefore, according to him, Vidui doesn't really help. And that's what Bilam says. Ay, Shmuel. Oi, oi. What's gonna be if the Halacha? is like Shmuel, if you hold according to the opinion of Rab, so then, as bad as I've been, says Bilam, if I confess my sins, even though I've, I've done so many sins, so then, that's good, because my confession, can then get me off the hook, and I won't be liable to further punishment, but, if the halacha would follow the opinion of Shmuel, then even if I do admit my sins, I can still be prosecuted. In which case, vidoy doesn't doesn't help. And of course, there's no one upon this earth who doeth only good and sinneth not. So then, who is able to ever stand in front of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and claim not to have sinned, even if he does admit his 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 sins? That's how the Rabbis and Abishut. Explains this. So uh, uh, perhaps we could even add on to this that that's what we say often on the, during the uh, high holidays, during Hashanah and Kippah, says, forgive our sins, why? Kiravu. Which really means, because, or, although, it really means, although or because there are many. And perhaps what it really means is no, forgive our sins, like the opinion of Rav, who actually the halacha is like Rav, who says that if you uh, say confession and admit all your sins, even if witnesses come afterwards, you're off the hook. You are, you are, you are exempt. So based on 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 all we're saying, we can say a beautiful. Explanation: What it means when Bilam says "I mi which we said is "sumai kel" is referring to the word "shemuel." And again, just to introduce that. It says in in the the Sanzarov uh, says to answer the the uh, the question: How could Baruch go back to oh how did Hashem punish Paro in, uh, in in Egypt. We know that as, as we see, Hashem actually took away Paro's free choice. It says that Hashem hardened his his heart not to send out, out the Jews. So so the sounds of explains because it's true, the world was created in such a way that a person should have. Free choice to choose whatever behavior he wants. And he can choose himself. Do I want to go on the, on the straight and, and good path? Or God forbid, like deviate and go off and go against Hashem's, Hashem's will. In fact, as the Torah itself says, See, I have placed before you today life and good and death and, and bad." And, and that is the normal way the world runs Where HaKadosh Prokha gives us, gives us that free choice. However, there is such a, a, a conduct that Hashem sometimes enacts which is beyond the norm, beyond nature. And when HaKadosh Prokha has adopted that type of attitude, there is no free choice. And therefore, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to teach the Jewish nation that he is the creator, he is the director of, of the entire and, and, and the one who brings in and continues to keep into existence all existence. So therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought into, into a, a effect this conduct of running beyond what nature is And He took away the free choice from Paro Harosha, and that's why it says, "Come to Paro, because I have hardened His heart and the hearts of His of His servants." Right, and don't wonder about the fact that Hashem took away uh, the free choice, because the whole purpose was. As the pastor carries on, that you should be able to tell over to your children and your descendants all that I did to the Egyptians and all the miracles that I displayed in, in their midst. And from this will come out a tremendous, tremendous benefit for for the Jewish nation because when we go through one of the lows, one of these situations where we're on a very, very, uh, 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 you know, decrepit kind of, kind of a, a, a uns- not strong level. Nevertheless, we know that Hashem will never, ever abandon us and he will have compassion and mercy on them to arouse them to, to whatever Hashem takes, from above, in order to bring us back close close to, to HaKadosh Baruch and that's what it says, that you should know that I am Hashem. In other words, that through Hashem taking away Paro's Bakhirah in order to punish him, so that should teach us by by, by mere logic that uh, uh, that uh, that if Hashem took away Paro's free choice in order to punish him right so certainly and uh, that when it comes to to do good to bring a person close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will also use that conduct of taking away our free choice in order to have compassion on our people and to purify us and, and to bring us close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem can take away HaBachira and almost make it uh, inevitable for us to do the right thing also. Now, this power of taking away a free choice, so HaKadosh gave that over to some of the great tzaddikim in every generation. As in fact the the, 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 the from Lublin uh, writes that a tzaddik is able to take away free choice from a person and to make him into a tzaddik. And even though, yes, we all have absolutely free choice to choose the way that we want to follow, nevertheless, it is in the kayak of the great tzaddikim of this world to go against the normal and natural way and to take away free choice from, from a person. And in fact, the Orachayim HaKadosh himself writes that, in Pasha and and Perik Yudalil, to explain why is Kalev called Avdi Kalev, my servant Kalev. And we don't find that Yeshua also was one of the spies that did exactly what Moshe Rabin wanted him to do. We don't find that Yeshua is called uh, Hashem's servant. And the Arachayim like explains the reason Says Hashem, why do I call Kalev my 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 servant? Is because that uh, he had, as the post says, ruach He had a different sort of uh, attitude. That even though Yeshua also didn't join together and 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 corroborate with the the spies, nevertheless that was. The reason why he was saved from that was the prayer of Maishra Rabbeinu that saved him from the Yetzirah and and uh, and uh, from the 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 powers of the Yetzarah, which which uh, which uh, kind of protected him and surrounded him so that the spies couldn't cause him to make a mistake, which is not the case with Kalev because. Kalei was in tremendous danger of the Yetzirah trying to incite him to join this group of, of, uh, of, of Rishayim. And in fact, the, the, that evil spirit began to have an effect on him. And the proof is that he felt it necessary to go run to, to, to the graves of, of, of the others in, 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 in Hebron. In other words, the confrontation that Yeshua and Kalev experienced in dealing with Murachrim was absolutely and totally different. Because Yeshua, in Yeshua's case, Moisha Benu davened for him, and in davening for him, completely protected him from the Etzra. In other words, Yeshua had absolutely no temptation. To join them, he had no free choice. The side of possibly doing something evil was completely, completely closed off to him because of the tfilis of Rabbeinu. That's what a great tzaddik can do. Kalev didn't get that. Kalev fought a, a, a pitched battle within himself. There was a real possibility that he could have been sucked in, that he could have joined the, 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 you know, the various plans of of the of the of the Muragrim. but he fought that battle, enlisted the help of going to Davin at at uh, Kibrayovas to strengthen the good side of him because obviously we all have two advisors. One the one the advisor that tells us to do bad, the Yatsara, and the advisor that tells us the good. So he went and and strengthened and 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 enhanced the strength of of his Yetzirah, I tell you, by doubting it to Kiberyavas to save him. But he went through a real life fight a free-choice fight in overcoming. And therefore, says the Aracham HaKadosh, that's why he deserved the special praise of being called Avdi Avdikalev. Because in a situation where there really was a confrontation, he was able to overcome himself. While for Yeshua, Hashem completely took away, so to speak, his free choice. He only... He had, he had no option to do bad because that wasn't even something that, that appeared to him because of the tefillah of, of, the, of, of, of the tzaddik. There's another Orachan also in actually Pasha's V'zaysa uh, Bracha regarding the bracha that was given to Reuven, the oldest child of Yaakov and he says there, the Brach uh, of Turuman was that the, uh, the number of dead amongst them should be a, a very, very limited number. And the and, uh explains that Moshe Benu davened for them that they should be tzadikim. Why? Because uh, since they cooperated, we will know that the, the all the henchmen all the 250 uh, followers that Kairach uh, took with him to fight against Moshe Benu all came from his neighbor, from, from Shevet Reuven. This then created within them a propensity and, and a tendency for them to do and be evil people. It was a root, and we know that a root Always produces results. Moshra Benu was worried what's going to happen to them. And therefore, Moshra Benu Davin says the Arach HaMakadosh to, so to speak, change their free choice and take, make it easier for them to, to become Tzaddikim and not Roshayim. And he says that can happen. He says, the Tfilah the, the tfila of a Tzaddik can be beneficial. A tzaddik who himself has control and has real fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, has the ability to doubt for somebody that their whole level of free choice should change and, and be altered and that Reuven would have as great a chance to be a tzaddik although he had already within his so to speak his, his spiritual DNA this, this tendency to join and be associated with evil people like like Kairach. Based on this, we can say that even by Bilam and Balak, we see the same uh, behavior being executed by Hashem, where Hashem took away the free choice from from uh, Bilam when he sees that his own uh, his own ass uh, opens her mouth as, as uh, when he's on his way in order to, to uh, attack Klai Yisrael. And nevertheless, he is not aroused at all to say, one second, uh, uh, maybe there's a, a reason for me to actually abandon this mission and turn around and go home. And even after that, he tries again and again to curse Klai Yisrael. And instead of being able to curse, he blesses Klai Yisrael. And in fact, at the end, it says, Bilam gets up, and by Yaelech he goes, he goes back to his place. In other words, after it was revealed to him, Binavu and prophetic vision, what's gonna happen at the end of days in the time of Mashiach, so then it certainly would have made a lot of sense, it would have been so appropriate that these words that him that he himself said. Should at least have an impression on him, have a favorable uh, impression, make him th- rethink perhaps his whole life, because uh, he he was shown face to face the greatness and the incredible level of of the Jewish nation, and nevertheless, by Yosha Valka, he went right back to his nation without any change without any alteration of his of his personality without any desire to improve at all why because his free choice was taken away from him by by Hashem also and this concept of of a a person's free choice being taken away still even to this day applies by the great tzaddikim that they have within their power to actually uh to make a gezerah to decree to take free choice away from from person and where do we learn this we learn this in the pasuk in the book of shmuel shmuel beys in perech gimel pasuk Giraslakim. who controls a person a tzaddik has the ability to control and dominate and change what a person is going to be. And therefore, that's why Bilam says that then, Oi, Mi That is Kavana was to the Navi Shmuel about whom it says that Pasak. I see that I have no chance. Oi, Others maybe can do true. But Hashem has taken away from me the power to see the reality and to be anything different than what I am at the, at the, uh, at, 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 the at, at the moment. This is 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Halacha segment. See you then. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9, Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on the radio, Shabbos, Kurdish Pashas, Bola, Tav, Shin, Pei, Thank you for making the time to join us as we approach another beautiful, beautiful Shabbos, and especially one where they've lightened a little bit the load-shedding. A uh, 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 situation for Shabbos, which makes it even a more, will talk of literally, not only spiritually be able to celebrate the light and the joy of, of Shabbos, but even on a physical, on a physical level. As we get to this point on our show, before we begin our discussion of halacha, let us talk about the important details for this coming Shabbos, Shabbos Kedish, Parshas, Uh, Balak. So the earliest time for lighting Shabbos candles this week is going to be at 4.27. 27 minutes past four is the earliest time for lighting Shabbos candles. And let's do it. Let's get our Shabbos started as early as we possibly can. Because it's too good to miss. It's too good to even uh, squander one moment of, of our Shabbos. So if you can get everything organized, not so long from now, but let's see if you can get it all together and get showered and get the food on the tray. And for those who need to find some creative way of keeping your food hot, this uh, Erev Shabbos, let's Let's do it, whatever it might be, as long as, of course, it conforms with the halachas of, of, of Shabbos. Let's do it. And let's obviously, if we're not going to be going to shul, let's eat as early as possible to keep that food nice and, and uh, toasty warm. The latest time for benching lich this Shabbos is quarter past five, five fifteen is the latest time for Benching lift As it gets a little bit later, it's already getting not quite on our earliest anymore. We are getting towards a more manageable sort of Friday schedule. Uh, Shkia then is at 5.33. If you really, really, really are running late and there's some emergency in your life, you need to do something after 5.15. So you have until Shkia, as your sort of injury time, if necessary, but please don't rely on it. Let's aim, even if we're getting to shul, to make sure we're there by quarter past five, so we can dive in mincha together with the tzibu, if we're driving, so we can put away our car keys, and forget about the weekday world at quarter past quarter past five. If you want to be able to dive in mayrev, and not have to repeat, again, the the Kriyashima. So then you have to wait till about 5.51, 5.51. It already is is night, and we can, uh, David myrov and sit down to an amazing little Shabbos with, again, our family, our friends, some good food, some wonderful Zemiras, and an outstanding Divretara. Make the evening something that will be memorable, as every little Shabbos should be in our lives, a memorable, a memorable time. Tomorrow, of course, is Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Bolok. It is actually tomorrow. The date is Yud Zayan Tammuz, the 17th of Tammuz, which really is a fast day, of course, because it's Shabbos. We don't fast. And we put off the fast until until Sunday. So, so tomorrow we just read the normal Shabbos Pasha Shvuah of Pasha's Balak, and the normal Haftarah of Pasha's Bolak, which is from the book of Nicholas, Vahyash, uh, Yaakov, uh, etc. The Perak of Pirkeavis for for tomorrow afternoon is Perak Vav, the final uh, Perak. <coughs> which uh, goes through many, many of the, of the virtues of, of Talmud Torah and the, what's necessary to, to acquire uh, Torah. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at uh, 7 minutes past 6. 6.07 is the end of, of, uh, of, of Shabbos. And with the end of Shabbos actually begins the period of the three weeks Of, of morning. Yes, the restrictions, although of course we only fast Sunday by, by day, the restrictions already begin of no, no music and no entertainment and, and, and and obviously no, no shaving and haircuts uh, begins already from Moetzal Shabbos from Saturday night. Sunday, of course, is the fast of the 17th of, of Tamas. It's not a very, very long fast. It's literally just over 12 hours it begins at 5:41 on sunday morning and ends on sunday night at 5:52 so it's barely 12, 12 hours and thank god it's it's uh, at, at a very very pleasant time of of the of of the year so that is the fast of 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 Tamuz that will be on on sunday and as i say that's now we're now going to be in the period of the three weeks of mourning, leading up to and culminating with the fast of Tishah which of course will be three weeks from my um, Shabbos and and, uh, and and Sunday. But we'll talk more about that as the time as the time uh, comes. We are dealing in our halacha segment <coughs> with the laws of Havdalah, the ceremony that we use to close off and end our celebration of, uh, of, of, of Shabbos. So one of the components of the Havdalah ceremony is, of course, the bracha we make over besamim, over sweet-smelling si- spices. And our, our common instituted this concept of making a bracha over sweet-smelling spices and smelling them on Mitzray Shabbos, because once Shabbos leaves and, and, and departs from us, so we know it's brought in the Sfarim, all these Sfarim, that on Shabbos we have a, an extended level of, of neshama, an extended access to levels of tremendous, tremendous holiness that we don't get. During, during the week. And when Shabbos is over, that uh, value-added neshama uh, 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 disappears, leaves us. And the, the neshama, which of course appreciated so much, having extra beauty and extra uh, range and extra holiness, is now, feels abandoned, feels very, very sad, feels left behind. And in order to somehow Comfort and, and restore the neshama to its confident level, to its level of being able to drive us and inspire us to do all the wonderful things we need to do. So we smell these uh, beautiful, sweet smelling spices because Achachamim tell us that because the neshama is completely spiritual. It gets benefit from that which is something that is not physical, and, and of course, smell of all the five senses. Smell is the is the most spiritual, the least rooted in anything physical, uh, uh, in, in in this in this uh, in this world. Um, even if someone uh, personally doesn't necessarily feel bad when Shabbos is over, some people. Uh, can't wait till the end of Shabbos to get back to their whatever it is to their devices to their to their work to whatever it is that they pursue and consider to be yeah you know, the prominent uh, value of things that they do on on weekday which they can't do on on Shabbos and therefore maybe some people don't even feel upset at all some people feel quite relieved when Shabbos is. Uh, is over, but nevertheless, through this particular enactment of Chazal to make this bracha and smell the besamim, it should give a person the ability to at least think about and focus for a moment on on the great, great, great sp- spiritual level of what Shabbos is. That really, we should be upset, we should be saddened, we should be forlorn. On on the fact that Shabbos has has, uh, has left us left us and, and we should want to sort of appease and, and calm down and and comfort our, our neshama with this with this good smell. Now, on Moitze Shabbos we always make the the uh, the bracha of Bar Mine B'samim, but on a Moitse Yontiv. So then, we don't make the bracha over Basamim because yontif, whatever it is, the spirituality and the holiness and the immense kedusha of yontif, it's a different level of of kedusha than 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 Shabbos, and the, the what we call this neshama yisera, which permeates our very being on Shabbos, is not there. On, on Yom Tziv, and therefore on Moitza Yom Tziv, we don't make the bracha over the spices we'll come back with a few more halachas uh, in this area after our little break this is 11.9 Chai FM the program is Soul to Soul this is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb only on 101.9 High FM 1.9 Chavam Sultan. So back on the radio, just the last few minutes together on this Erev Shabbos. We're talking about the bracha and the mitzvah of smelling Bissamim on a Maitse Shabbos. We already said that on a Maitse Yom Tov, we don't do it. Even on a say on Yom Kippur, if Yom Kippur is on a weekday, we don't even though Yom Kippur in a certain way is like Shabbos, we don't make a bracha over besamim because since on, on Yom Kippur we don't eat, and although obviously our neshama only gets benefit from spiritual things, but of course, even eating is superimposed the physical it, the geschmack we get from a good shalom. But there is ruchnis, there is spirituality in our eating also, and therefore, since we don't eat on Yom Kippur, there's not so much tsar for the for the when when Shabbos goes away and we don't we don't make a uh, a, a bracha. On, on on that it's interesting uh, a discussion as regards uh, where you have let's say Yom Tov leading to Cholomoyed sorry uh, 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 sorry uh, Maitzah Shabbos sorry Maitzah Shabbos which leads into a Cholomoyed whether or not most people according to the custom of most families is that we do say uh, 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 the bracha of besamim. There are some I've seen who uh, say no. Cholamoye has a certain element of of like Yom Tov, in the same way as when we're going from Shabbos to Yom Tov, we don't make besamim. So so to according to that custom, when we go from uh, Shabbos to Cholamoye, we also. But the prevalent custom is that that we we do. All those who hear the Avdala need to actually smell. The besamim, and therefore, the person making Abdullah should wait until everyone who's gathered and listening to his Abdullah gets a chance to smell the besamim before he carries carries on with the next bracha over the uh, over the candle. If they didn't manage, someone who's there didn't manage to smell the besamim until already the person making Abdullah now carries on with the next. Uh, a bracha, you should listen to the next bracha, the bracha over the candle, and the bracha of Havdalah and afterwards you should find that besamim and have and have a, a smell from it. Someone is not able to smell, so he should not make the bracha over over besamim. Now we know that Chazal instituted to make uh, on much Shabbos on whatever type of spice one has. So normally, we have a special bracha for different types of spices. If the smell comes from a tree, then we say, so we created the good-smelling woods. If the source is from grass, then we say who created Isle Bisamim, the sweet smelling grasses. If it's from a fruit, then we say A who gave a good smell to uh to uh to fruit. If it's something uh uh inanimate, so then we say Mine b'samim. Right, but on Motze Shabbos, on, by by Avdallah, the Ashkenazim have a minug that whatever it is that we're smelling, we make the bracha boyir Samim. and the reason for that is because there are people who don't aren't sure what bracha to different make and what bracha it should be, and and if they would. By mistake, make the wrong bracha. They make on a tree, isve or Vaisa, or vice versa. They wouldn't fulfill. Therefore, we take a catch all bracha on whatever it is that you're smelling. We make the bracha of, of Bore Minei Bissamim. That's all the time we have this week. So it just leaves me a moment to thank you all for being with us. Thank you for being part of our radio family, and to wish each and every one of you a most and beautiful, warm, and an inspirational Shabbos, and then on Sunday for the fast of Tammuz, an easy and very very meaningful fast. Have a wonderful wonderful Shabbos to all of our radio family.